Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Our big heads. I put it on the big Whoa. heads. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I said, yeah. big heads. Oh, little Whoa! <laughs> right. Wait, was well, that the scene where 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 the uh, uh, the the police officer realizes there is a shark in the water? <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, that 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 or uh, uh, Home Alone? Yeah, kind of like. That's not rehearsed, folks. Not part no, of the No, I'm, I'm really glad we could share that with the folks at home. <laughs> I think that they probably are blessed and they feel like a transformation just occurred in their life. Yeah, <laughs> they're just going, did I miss anything? I just. I, I know, just, I know. Like, welcome, like, welcome, welcome to another episode of Flight School, episode number 006 in woo! our series. We're on six show already. It's crazy. That's so six. Yeah. So we're on the sixth episode of Flight School where we want to help you stay grounded. So eventually, when you get those things in your life, you're going to be able to fly high. So my uh, my co-piloted friend right next to me on my uh, somewhere over here on this side, that side, yeah. my right, right is Bill Dolan. Hey, Bill, how are you today? Man, I am doing so well. I'm so blessed. Uh, the delight to be here and to be your co-pilot here. You know, so at, at what point you're ready to like, okay, I'm going to chill. I'm ready to take the controls and then I'm going to hand I them back to the wheel. Button, so Bill, Bill has to play that a lot when I'm sleeping. It's rough. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Rough stuff. Well, we got a lot, we got a lot of good stuff to cover here today. And, you know, I will say yeah. for those people that have been following along, we've been walking down this incredible uh, part of the training that actually Matt does as a part of his coaching. Um, and, and it really talks about that transition from going to being unconscious about your incompetence to moving into a, a place of conscious competence and then eventually so good it's unconscious competence but one of the things i really love and a lot of people have heard that principle before um but there's a, there's a i think a new concept that you really elevate this and that's teaching people how to go into the fifth gear that's to move right. that unconscious competence and move into that place. And where we left off last time, we were really talking about the learning process and really kind of eight cognitive conscious steps to move into that place. And so glad you have the graphic up. So for those of you that, that were with us before, you see there's the four levels from unconscious competence to conscious comp incompetence, uh, like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this, to unconscious uh, excuse me, consciously competent. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm good at this to the point where you're just on the groove and then ultimately the fifth gear. So we talked about those eight steps and just introduced them of really learning how to move into this space. And I'd really love it, uh, Matt, if you could kind of pick up where we left off uh, last week, because I know we talked a little bit sustained attention. I think it would be great to just do a review of what that is and see if we can cover at least a couple more in this episode today. Um, probably not doing too many. And here, here's why I'm going to throw this out to you for anybody listening. I think one of the great dangers of having a show like this is you get a bunch of information and then we don't apply it. I'm guilty of that. I'm one of those people that has, I mean, shelves of books, shelves of tapes, DVDs, videos. And then, of course, I attend a gajillion webinars and virtual events. And, of course, I, I watch the virtual events because we produce virtual events and I'm always watching best practices. But um, I can tell you that 
there's a place where your sponge is so full, it's time to squeeze that out in the form of action. Right. And so as you go through this, what my hope, Matt, is that people get enough absorption today that they can think, how can I apply this this next week? You know, what, is this, what does this look like? And, you know, our show airs on, on a, a Friday, which means you have a weekend to absorb it and a Monday to launch it. Mm, that's good. That's so from, from, from that term, uh, Matt, why don't you just pick up where we left off and, 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 and take us into that next step? Yeah, no doubt. And thanks for setting that up. Again, folks, if you want to kind of do some homework and go back, uh, I mean, we keep the shows at 30 minutes or less most of the time. We went a little over last time, so it's not that hard to catch it. And if you're interested in actually getting this entire PDF document that I have, Happy to send it to you. The email's right here on the screen, flightschoolonline at gmail.com. Be happy to send that to you. Um, this week specifically, we are at this place of learning. We identified some things, identifying our unconscious competence. That's what this fifth gear does. You're engaging some things. Is this conscious competence of unconscious competence. So we started to identify what some of those things are in the last few shows. And then today we're in a stage of learning. Uh, which we started last week, that is learning what this unconscious competence is in our lives. And we might have a quick blink and say, well, man, I know my unconscious competence is X, Y, Z. You may find out by going through some of these tools I'm about to show you, there's a whole lot more to your unconscious competence than you thought. Um, some really incredible things that are amazing that should scale and maybe some other things that you should throw away, right? So this is some great things that you can find out here. And we started last week at sustained attention. We, we just covered that one area. That's your basic ability to, to look at, listen, and think about your tasks or new tasks over a period of time. Like where, where is your sustained attention? Where are those things that you focus on, your, the things you actually do, your basic ability to look at those things, listen to those things, think about those things, uh, or even take on new things in your life in a period of time? Not necessarily multitasking, but how do you handle the, the, the task at hand now, right? Doing your job, this may bust up the door. Hey, Bill, um, somebody just hit your car out in the parking lot. Okay, so now you have all these tasks you're doing in your office, and now you have another task that just got introduced to you. A little bit different, right? But sustained is that day-to-day -day thing that you're doing, okay? So now we're moving into uh, number two, uh, which is response inhibition. And I think we talked about this last week. We started touching on it, didn't we? Or we did go through it. Uh, just ability, a, little, a little bit. I think yeah, it's the shut out distraction. yeah, so it's it's the way that you can shut out. So some folks might be, I don't know, let's say you're in an airport and there's a lot going on. And a lot of folks, one of the things they do to, to do that is they pop on some headphones and they listen to some music, to a podcast. They watch a movie on their laptop and all of a sudden, you are still in the airport, but you're transported to a different place, right? It's a it's a place where you can kind of shut out other distractions in your life and zero in on something that's that's more important to you and possibly to other people. Um, so the airport analogy may not exactly fit every scenario, but you get the idea, all right? So response inhibition, the ability to shut out distractions that someone else might not be able to do. And we did do this a bit last week because Bill, you had an amazing, amazing thing that several people talked about, which was instead of having all kind of tasks for you to do, which you have many to do in in the work that you that you do with your studio and everybody else, right? That instead of being all these tasks that are overwhelming and things you might not be able to do, you started setting appointments instead. 
and those appointments for you were a place of honor that you would say, all right, for this hour, I'm supposed to do this appointment. I've got an appointment with Matt. So if I'm with Matt for an hour, Matt doesn't want me to sit here and read another book or, or, or do my LinkedIn profile and my Facebook stuff and talk to my mom or everything. No, I want to be present with him. I'm going to honor this time and do this or do it editing for this video or meet a client for XYZ or whatever that thing might be. You set those appointments. Uh, have I got that pretty close to what you were saying? That's exactly, that's exactly what I was saying. Um, because really an uh, appointment is a promise to yourself, uh, and others. A task sometimes is just a list of things you need to do. And when you elevate it to an appointment, it basically says, not only am I honoring a promise to myself or others, but it allows you to attach the physics necessary to accomplish it. Because mm -hmm. I think, and I, I'll tell you, I, grew, I, I think I mentioned that I, I, I grew up and I still enjoy uh, Star Trek. And one of the great things about Star Trek is you get to beam places. And I secretly <laughs> believe that I can beam places. Um, so I did not, whoa, there I went. Well, I, thanks to you, I can. I've got you a know. new toy. I'm sorry. This is just, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun now. I'll be like, when can I do it? When can I do it? Yeah, it's like, right? Oh, no, no. Yeah. But the idea is that, like, if, if you have a, a do not attach the reality of what it takes to do it. Guess what? Those tasks are going to pile up and you're not going to get things done. And then it really does set you up for distraction because you int introduce this idea of saying, yeah, maybe I'm working on something and someone calls and says, oh, my gosh, someone just hit your car. Well, guess what? The idea of someone actually hitting your car. Yeah, sometimes that happens. But guess what? If you've got a pile of tasks, it's like a traffic jam piling up in your mind all the time. Yes. Your car is being hit every day with every task that you don't deliberately provide attention to uh, for the sake of completion and for the sake of honoring the promises you keep. And if you can't do the physics of it, you have to make a decision. Do I need to do this? Uh, is this really a priority? And when do I need to do this? Or do I need to have somebody else do it? If you have a team, that's a that's a blessing. So yeah, I think that's that's crazy, crazy important, and I and I try really hard to live by that. Oh, it's so good, and they, thank you for sharing that because it really it really meant a lot to me and a lot of other people, I'm sure. Uh, of course, they said it, which is great. All right, so so number three, we're kind of moving from the sustained attention, uh, response inhibition, and and today we're going to start talking about uh, number three, speed of information processing. All right, speed of information processing. Obviously, you can read this with me. It says how fast can you process whoa how fast can you process incoming information all right so how fast can it happen so we all have information coming to us mm -hmm. and we can be <laughs> we can be mindless dribble and have nothing affect us whatsoever and just kind of bounce off you and nothing happens or or there's times and places where where that can be absorbed now for some folks the absorbing can can be rather rather quick some people are really, really good at certain things. And you somebody can say, Bill, we have and you can say, All right, do XYZ and do it. And it was right. I mean, it's a it's fantastic. Of course, that doesn't happen overnight either. Um, or it can be, hey, we've got this problem with a client, and um, we've been they've been in the 90-day pile, and we've been trying to do this with them forever. They've been great, they've been with us for 15 years. 
And right now we just cannot get them to answer the phones, the emails, nothing in their 90 days. What should we do, Bill? You know, give me a minute to think about that. I've got I've got some ideas. I've got something I'm working on right now. Give me a minute and I'll get back to you here before the end of the day. All right. So it may not be as immediate, but it may be intentional to where you can have an opportunity to digest, say the right thing, because maybe your first reaction might not be the right reaction. Somebody makes an ugly post to you, sends you an email, your first response say, you fathead idiot. I don't want to talk to you. You're stupid. Send. <laughs> stupid wrong. You're like, oh, why did I do that? No. Yeah. And I've tried to stop sending those now. I just want you to know. I know that. that last one you sent to me really got to me, but I understood what you were doing. It's no yeah. problem. No problem. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with writing those responses, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's really good to write your first response on go. Don't send it. Don't right. send it at all. Put it away. Read it later. Have your a friend, best friend, wife, husband, somebody else read it with you and say, no, no, you you really should not send this. This is not good. <laughs> and you might say it to yourself. Anyway, there's chances for us in our in our decision making process. Here's we're covering we're covering these eight cognitive skills, and I have these eight cognitive skills as part of the fifth uh, the fifth gear, so that you can understand how to dissect your unconscious competence. This is all mm -hmm. stages of of observing this part, right? We identifying some of this stuff so we can learn what this looks like in our own lives. So speed of information processing. What is a, what's that like for you, Bill, as a, a business owner, as um, you know, you don't just own the company, you, you work in the company, so you're doing oh, yeah. work there too, right? Yeah. So there's a lot, you have a, a, a owner's obligation, you have an you have a, a worker's obligation, right? All those types of things that you do inside of that. You've, you've got marketing, you know, different people for different things, I mean, all that kind of stuff. So can you kind of, Give me some examples of speed of information processing for you. Well, yeah, I think one of the things that's so important, and this is, uh, uh, I think, what you started with is the idea of recognizing we have gifts. And part of that gifts of understanding, part of it has to do with purpose and vocation. And when you start getting context, it gives you a place to process information. If you don't have a framework of context, I mean, think about this. If if you, for example, gave me a uh, a chest of drawers right now, said, look, I'm going to give you a gift of furniture. Let's say that's a metaphor for information. That gift is only as good as my ability to say, I have a use for that. I know how that's used and I know where that goes. So there's contextual information that gives you the ability to receive it and process it in the television world. And this is how I train a lot of my people because look, I come from broadcasting where we have to make split second decisions. And the old saying in the broadcast booth is mistakes leave here at the speed of light. Oh, so yeah. it means that you have to make decisions very quickly. And I use the example of um, thinking about someone throwing you a ball. And the question is, if someone throws you a ball, how are you going to catch it? So you need to be prepared with a mitt. And if you need to process that, you need to have a free hand to be able to take that and get it to the next place. So thinking about a mindset of context to receive and process is an important thing. Sometimes that is process in your own business to receive and process information, especially yeah. the larger the project, the more complex it is the more you need those systems in place in your mindset and in your business to receive, process, and take action. Receive, process, take action. Um, so we are really aware of that. 
as well as we're aware that, I mean, look at the place we're in right now. We've 2020 has turned a lot of things upside down. And, and a lot of the things that we expect to happen, which is that context, are not happening. Yeah. And things that we would think would be context, um, things are happening that we would never expect to happen. And it is making it harder for people to process, not only in their business, but in their life, and process this new information. So to be able to recognize that this is a it's not just something you're born with, like, oh, I'm a fast processor, or man, I banged out three cups of espresso today. So look at me, Mr. <laughs> Math Wiz. It doesn't work that way. A little caffeine can help, but more importantly, the process and being very conscious about creating context to receive and process information. And that's central to, to what we have. Um, I mean, one other tidbit there, we live in a technologically changing world. So if your comfort zone is based upon knowing everything, you are like messed up because mm -hmm. you're not going to know everything. Right. But if you know how to process new information. You can do almost anything. So let me ask this question then, Bill, in your, in your business, because uh, it is a, a fast paced business. You have a lot going on, lots of deadlines, the things of that nature, and different people have different responsibilities. So how does that work? This, how fast can you process incoming information? Number three, speed of information processing. All right, because that's you personally. And of course we want to come back to ourselves individually, but as a business, how, how does that, what, what processes do you have in place? Maybe I might, I'm putting you on the spot here, of course, too, but what processes, and I think you probably do, do, do you have in place for, for processing incoming information? And in that, in your case, in a, in a studio and production facility, I'm sure that's the kind of thing that's going to happen on a regular basis. So how do you have that set up for it to function properly and work? Well, the first, uh, first thing for us is we have to take into account how information is going to come in. Um, because we have uh, digital information in the form of images and videos and graphics. That is one way that, that information comes in. We also know that we're going to communicate with people via Zoom. Uh, we know we're going to communicate via email. We know we're going to communicate via text. And now through social media platforms, we're going to communicate. So we're very deliberate about where that information comes in. And we assign for every project a project manager. So, uh, and, and could I be a great project manager? Yes. You know, I've, I've been in the business for 30 years. I'm actually a master of my craft as a director. But for me to be the director, it means that I need to assign that person to receive with the MIT and process. And those are our project managers. And so we take every channel of information and we communicate to our clients, this is the way we're going to process this. And we don't do it because, oh, this is, how it has to be because we have this picky way. We do it because we recognize that processing information is going to be a gift to you. It's going to honor a process it's going to deliver a better product, a more efficient product, a more competent product. Um, and one that we don't let things fall through the cracks because uh, um, in live television, like surgery, the last thing you want to hear is oops. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, we are trying to do everything we can to avoid the oops by being deliberate about those processes. So if you are a client, you get an email, we do a launch meeting with you. And the launch meeting would start out with, Matt, 
great to work with you, excited to work with you. Let me tell you how our protocols work to make sure this goes efficiently. And we talk about files, we talk about emails, and we talk about email threads and subject lines. All mm -hmm. those things to make sure we're processing well and we're getting back to our client exactly what they need. Which in the end of the project turns out to be, as you said, a much better project. It's a project of, of excellence versus, you know, having to be somebody who's desire to say, I've got to have it done right. Perfectionism, right? That's not going to work for anybody. And because you've been through the, the ropes, you have a system established. And although somebody might say, I, I really want to have this done by Tuesday. It's Friday, right? I want to have this done by Tuesday. You're like, um, well, you know, we could do it by Tuesday. We could do it and it'll be okay. But if you want okay, that's, you know, it's up to you, but, but we want, we want incredible. And, and if you wait till next Friday, we'll have incredible. And we know it's going to go to this department, to this department, to this department, this department, get it done, right? So it's that speed of information processing. And it, sometimes, I use the example here of your business, sometimes there are places and times where you need to have things uh, established and, and set in, in place so that things work the way they're supposed to mm -hmm. instead of chaos with everybody trying to run around in circles, trying to figure out what's where's the folder that has this guy's negatives in it and where's the the packaging, right? Things that they did back in the day, back before we had all the digital stuff, right? So in there, yeah, yeah. Let's go for those big packets all the time, giant packets of people's stuff. Ugh, anyway, so those things, you know, they have to work in, in the right way. So personally, we do the same thing in our lives, whether it's our, you know, our personal lives, our, our hobbies, our relationships, our likes, our dislikes, what, what, everything that makes you you, not your job, not your things, right? But just you, this unconscious confidence part we're talking about. You have a chance to go through and, and reflect on some of these tools we're talking about and these eight cognitive skills to engage this conscious confidence of your unconscious confidence and break those things down. So what does, for you today that are watching, we're, we're coming up on almost 23 minutes here on the show. For, you, for those of you that are watching, you know, what does speed of information processing look like in your life. And uh, like Bill mentioned, this is Friday. So, you know, you've got Saturday and Sunday coming right in front of you. And you can have a great opportunity to uh, to do this. This is your CTA, your call to action for the weekend, right? If you're watching this, you like the show, it's fantastic, but try something right. Okay. So go back and check out one and two, sustained attention, response inhibitions. All right. Number three, speed of information processing. What does that look like for you? Are you intentional? Are you fly by the seat of your pants? Are you, I've got this down. I know what I'm doing. No problem. I can do this in my sleep. Are you, I have to have this lined up with this to line up with this to make sure that this happens so I can get this. How, what's that look like for you? Is it, is it working well? Uh, does it suck? <laughs> so what does that look like for you? So what, you know, that's part of the call to action bill. What would you think would be a, another opportunity for people to dig into into looking at this area of their life in the sense of their unconscious confidence? Uh, say, say, well, say, say, that, say that one more time. Just as you're saying that, a giant thing popped across my screen. So. <laughs> it said, ah! <laughs> All right. Yeah, if you said that, it's like my screen went. So say that again, man. A call to action for folks. In your in your uh, thought process for individual, this is mm -hmm. speaking, not necessarily for their business, but personally, individually, mm -hmm. uh, what would you challenge somebody to do this weekend? It's called action, digging into number three here, specifically with speed of information processing. 
Well, I think it's what we, what we we talked about a little bit is think about this idea of what are the vehicles through which information does come to you. Now, if you really want to get crazy and start doing the micro adjustments, consider all five of your senses. You know, uh, I receive information through that, which gets zapped right into into my brain and for which I have to process it. But I think more realistically, think about the way you receive information now. Now, in our case, I talked about our business at Spirit Media and a lot of it's electronic. Well, sometimes we actually get, you know, someone will call us. And we do that, gosh, it's been a long time since we've done a lot of face-to-face meetings. But even in the face-to-face meetings, we're very deliberate about taking notes, taking notes and creating a a system where we document what was said. So I think it would be worth considering all the streams through which you get information and think about how you process that and how you will store that, not only for absorption, but for recollection and for action, because there's really three things there. It's like, again, receive, catch the mitt, pass off. How do you receive it? How do you store it? How do you act on it or, or, or delegate it? Really important to do that. And I would say give yourself one more step for the weekend, and, and that is absorb the reality that one of the things that you're going to have to receive is change. It may come in multiple ways. And your ability to adapt and change, which eases more into number four, but that's an important part of how you, how well you process information. Because if you give yourself margin for change, for adjustment, for growth, um, maybe for um, fine tuning, you know, there's an old term, you know, constant never ending growth. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have constant never ending growth, it means you have margin for it. And that becomes a part of your process. If you don't have that, it will hinder your ability to 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 process information. Um, and I'll give you a quick example. If you've ever gone in your car and you have to drive somewhere you've never been before, and you're looking at the map or you're listening to whatever device you use, it seems like it takes a long time. And the reason it takes a long time is because you're questioning every intersection. Yeah. And eventually you get there. And it's funny, coming home usually goes faster. And going there the second time even seems even more faster. And part of it's not necessarily that took you longer, but you had to be able to consider that the first time you're going to have multiple intellectual intersections that you need to process. And if you don't give yourself margin for the growth that's required to encounter intellectual intersections, you're going to feel stressed. You're going to feel trapped. You're going to feel like, I can't do this. Well, the truth is you can. You just need to make room for it. And you can. You can do crazy things more than you can imagine if you just give yourself room for that. Mm, so, so very true. Oh, I've got a lot I could just wanted to say right now. We don't have enough time. We got to move on because we got to end the show today, which is going to be so great for next week. And obviously you, you set that up that, you know, we're going to really dig into what change is and some of those cognitive skills in your life. And what what does change look like for you? How do you handle change? Right. Some folks love it. Some folks don't think yep. about some church folks might recognize this. If you got to. <laughs> You guys, some old church that's been sitting around for a hundred years, and the new young pastor comes in. And he says, "You know what? Let's take out all the pews, and I'm putting in some chairs." 
Wait just a second. You just may have launched World War III, but they're just pews. Oh, yeah. What about that change? Huh? That's pretty cool. So sometimes change is a, a difficult thing. We'll, we'll dig into that next week. And uh, don't forget, you know, your homework for this weekend, you know, as, as we're hanging out here in the hangar at flight school, is to really spend some time with that speed of information processing. Go back and re-listen to what our challenges were today if you'd like. But uh, I think you've pretty much got it. Y'all been you've been great students today listening. I appreciate all you guys. They're so good, aren't they, Bill? So uh, I'm super excited. Super excited. Next episode number seven coming up next week. We'll talk again about that change. So, Bill, thanks a lot for being here again today. It has been so fun for you and I to try to get back together to make this happen. We yeah. we have our schedules. We got our stuff laid out, and something changes. Change. Change. We adapted. Bill's adapted. I've adapted, and and we're here. And uh, it's Friday, and we have an opportunity to to be with y'all here today and have a good time. So thank you, Bill, and thank you again, everybody, for being here today. Have a fantastic weekend. Are you ready, Bill? I'm ready. It's music. Let's dance. Each week, Bill and I bring you episodes to help you get and stay grounded in your business and your life with lessons that help you fly higher heights and know exactly what your flight plan is. Join us each week on Fridays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern and 7.30 a.m. Pacific Time. Welcome to Flight School.